0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to this episode of Bitcoin Magazine Live. I am your host, P. I'm joined by Chris, and Q will not be joining us today, but he's fine. He's just taking care of some stuff. He'll be back tomorrow better than ever. It is November 16th, and here are your news and notes. We're going to start with, of course, the story of the day, one of them. There's so many. Donald Trump has announced that he is officially running for president in 2024. Chris, what are your thoughts here?
1: He's just running. I think that's the thing. I think I, I think it's going to be funny. I want Nancy Pelosi to run. I want Mitch McConnell to run. I want, you know, like if we can keep the average age like 85 and a half, like I think that's like the ideal person to run this country. Like the more dimension, the better. I yeah, think totally. That's, that's the way forward.
0: Yeah, if you're um, thinking clearly, you should not be in a position of power. We need the most a, diluted. Same. a rematch insane.
1: of Clinton Trump for twenty twenty four. Just so there's eight years on them, and they both hit Bitcoin. So I think you know that's you know when they both hit Bitcoin, I think you should love Bitcoin. But that's just me. Hundred percent. Yeah. So yesterday we had some breaking news about missiles landing in Poland. I just want to do a clarification. So there was reports coming out of many of the mainstream media news, ABC News. There was It was tough for P&I to verify while we were live on air. Apparently Russian missiles crossing into Poland, killing two people was reported on many different mainstream medias. Earlier this morning, Poland's president came out and said it is very likely missile blast was from Ukrainian air defense calling it an unfortunate accident. So just wanted to clarify on stream that, like I said, at the time, it was like, this was breaking news and we were unsure how to clarify this. It seems that it was unfortunately for the two people's lives that were lost and the countless damage to and harm done to other people. So I uh, just wanted to clarify that and let you guys know.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Of course, this is, a, as you said, it's a breaking story. So, or it was yesterday. So, we were figuring it out as we went. I also realized that I forgot to tell everyone who our guest is today. I'm extremely excited to be talking to Isabella Kaminska. She is a very, very effective journalist who has come into Bitcoin through her understanding of the collapsing financial system. And as Pete Rizzo says, and she self identifies as a doom coiner. So, I'm very excited to talk to her later. She was a speaker at Bitcoin Amsterdam was on an amazing panel. If you haven't watched it, check it out after the show around Bitcoin's media problem. And but let's will. keep going.
1: We will also have another episode of Fed Watch with Ansel and CK. They will be breaking down all the news coming out of the Fed. We actually have a story later on about the Fed and you know something they're dabbling in, but we'll get right into it. P, hit us with the next story.
2: Oh, God.
0: The story... I mean, truly, Reuters can fuck right off. They recently just posted a, an article with the headline, I can't even say it with a straight face, with the headline, Sam Bankman Fried did the financial system a favor. And this is absolutely infuriating to me. God, they say, Sam Eggman-Fried has tipped the cryptocurrency industry into crisis, but the speculative implosion of FTX, the exchange he founded, has done the broader financial system a big favor. The curly-haired kingpin was at the forefront of pushing regulators and politicians to legitimize digital assets like Bitcoin. His downfall will slow this process, and may even send it into reverse. The fuck is going on here? I thought we were past these type of ridiculous FUD pieces. Yesterday, we had the fluff piece by New York Times about, like, Sam Bankman-Fried is a a poor, hapless person. He was trying to do his best. Like, please, my familia. And now we have this where they're just claiming that this is a great thing and that, once again, they're just trying to massively FUD the entire Bitcoin and cryptocurrency space, and it's shameful. We're past this. This is fucking 2022. What are we doing here?
1: Yeah, I mean, this comes right after the New York Times post of, like, the favorable fluff piece as well like it like they didn't mention fraud they didn't mention anything else they just talked about him playing video games so it's ridiculous
0: oh by the way did we talk about this yesterday that the video game that he mentioned specifically in that article is one that s uh, that ftx actually owns so it's like not only are they doing this fluff piece but they're also inserting like an ad for this stupid shitty
1: game it's ridiculous. I'm sure you can trade shit coins on that game too. That would be hilarious. Oh, like, oh, 100%. Guaranteed. FTX revitalization. We will sell you this FTT token in yeah, exactly. the game.
0: <laughs> We've already stolen your money. Now we're going to steal your children's. As they play this game, they'll ask you for their money, and then you'll use it to buy worthless game tokens. But let's keep going. VCs are reported to be thinking about suing SBF. No surprise. They, as reported by Walter Bloomberg on Twitter, that is not Bloomberg. It is in a non-account. That reports the news, they're apparently just considering this very heavily. Which leads into our next story, Chris.
1: Yeah, so while lawsuits are flying, the VCs are figuring out whether they want to sue for their money or not, or their clients' funds at least. FTX, Sam Bankman Freed, as well as Tom Brady and the Golden State Warriors were named in a consumer protection lawsuit. Basically, this is kind of like a class action lawsuit that a bunch of people that had their money on the FTX exchange are basically suing. The reason that, obviously, Tom Brady and the Golden State Warriors are getting sued in this, it's very common practice in lawsuits to just kind of like you know, a shotgun approach, like anyone that's connected with it, you sue. I'm assuming that obviously while Tom Brady and the Gold State Warriors weren't directly involved with like running, working for the exchange, they did help promote basically what seems to be a Ponzi scheme. So, you know, whether they were new about it or not, that's kind of why they're getting sued. And obviously they'll have to prove in a court of law that like, hey, we were you know, promoting this in our own volition, but, you know, maybe we were promoting something that was a Ponzi scheme and that's not a good thing. But Pete, anything else to add there?
0: Nope. Gathered it. lot of these people are going to get wrecked. I don't think, I don't know if anything will come of this, this specific class action lawsuit, (laughs) but uh, we shouldn't be relying on the traditional legal system to punish these people. I think that, you know, SBF and the people that were involved deserve to go to jail. Obviously that's different than what's happening with, you know, Tom Brady, but the solution is to become ungovernable. That is to say, to use systems that preserve your privacy, preserve your financial freedom, and make it impossible for you to be taken advantage of in this in these ways if you rely on any other system you know you're just asking for it
1: yeah and it's pretty crazy too i mean obviously it's been like what a week now or almost a week and a half since they've declared bankruptcy and they've still yet to appeal in court i know that the fbi was doing a probe into them out of their manhattan office but like it's not like and even they he's being asked to get questioned back in dc but it's not like oh we're extraditing him it's kind of like Hey, man, like if you can come to DC and answer some questions, that'd be great. But I'd be like, Hey, like, I think you need to be, you know, apprehended and brought in for questioning. Like we reiterated reiterated yesterday, obviously Ross Ulbricht has been in prison going on his 10th year right now for running, you know, a peer-to-peer marketplace. And then, obviously, Alexey Pertsev has been in jail since 8th, I believe. So he's been in jail for over three months at this point, still waiting to find out at the end of this month what is going on with this case after uh, countless appeals have failed. So a guy that wrote free and open source code and a guy that was running uh, you know, an open source marketplace are both in jail while SBF is playing video games and getting fluff pieces from Reuters and New York Times. So, yeah, I'll just leave it at that.
0: All right, for our next story, the... Quote-unquote, crypto contagion continues. We've been talking ad nauseum, it's very important, but about all of the exchanges that are being affected by these continued blowups. Of course, we've had Celsius, we've had 3AC, which was an investment firm, all these other places. The most recent ones are Genesis. Genesis has suspended withdrawals originations in their lending business. They say that FTX has created unprecedented market turmoil, resulting in abnormal withdrawal requests which have exceeded their current liquidity. In addition, the Winklevi, the Winklevoss Twins product, Gemini, has halted their Gemini Earn product. They had sort of a sidecar thing where you could take your, your, you know, Bitcoin, your cryptocurrencies, put them into this thing, and you could earn more yield. And they have completely halted withdrawals from that product due to liquidity issues. And as of this morning, our very own Dylan LeClaire has reported that the Gemini entire platform is down. I have not personally checked. I don't know if it's still down, but that is a very, very bad sign. We say it a lot. I will say it again. If you do not have the private keys to your Bitcoin, you do not actually own Bitcoin. All you have is an IOU. And as we, as we have seen again and again and again over the recent weeks and months, The terms of service for these products are structured such that you are the last person to be made whole when these entities declare bankruptcy or get totally fucked. Do not put yourself in a position where you can have your Bitcoin stolen from you. Learn how to safely take your Bitcoin off of an exchange, off of the exchanges, as soon as possible. Don't lose your mind and just go slam it and risk losing your Bitcoin. Follow the guide, which we will once again post in the chat. We'll put in the show notes. Bitcoin Magazine has published an excellent guide about how to safely take custody of your own Bitcoin. Do not wait. Do not pass go. Learn how to do it safely. Make sure you understand what you're doing and take custody of your Bitcoin today.
1: Yeah. P and I, we, we have our Twitter handles below. If you have any questions, you can always shoot us a DM on Twitter. I'd be happy to help anyone learn how to take self-custody when we mean your private Private seed phrase. It's either 12 or 24 words in most wallets that you have to write down. You do not want to take a picture of those. You do not want to take a screenshot of it. You do not want to do countless other things. You want to write it down on a piece of paper. If you have it, you can punch it into a steel plate if you really want to be safe and make it last. And then obviously, what you do is you would take self custody from that. We will post the article in a little bit. Uh, P, I, I want your thoughts on the evolution of self custody because I don't think you were around in the time of BitInstant, but I believe that was Charlie Shrem's platform you were not even allowed to like leave bitcoin on the exchange. They didn't want to be considered a broker dealer or a money transmitter. So you would literally wire them cash and they would only send you the bitcoin like in the process of like I'm wiring you 100 bucks, put in a bitcoin receive address and we will send to that address. So I'm just very it's very curious how it went from you know, give us the money and we send it to you in your own wallet to, hey, we're going to hold it on this exchange to, hey, we're now doing rehypothecation and doing lending practices. Hey, slash, we're leveraging this bitch up to the tits and then like exploding like FTX. That's Uh, the
0: pull core for the episode. Leveraging this bitch up to the tits. Yeah, 100%. And God, I forget the uh, Francis uh, Pellier's Product Bull Bitcoin. Bitcoin, It works the same way. Where basically, it's an it's not an exchange. They are simply allowing you to purchase Bitcoin, and you enter in a wallet address. You send them the, the USD or the Canadian dollars, and then they just immediately send you the Bitcoin. And that absolutely makes sense. I think it's fantastic. There are two reasons that I think a lot of places don't do that. One is that, and I don't think this is a valid one, but it's because you make your market smaller, right? Because then you're basically limiting people who already fully understand how to self-custody their Bitcoin, you're, you're, you're limiting your, uh, your available customers. And so if you're trying to run a business, you're trying to make as much, uh, you know, have as much market share as possible, that becomes potentially a problem. But the other reason, and this is, of course, what you're referencing here, is that exchanges, brokerages desperately want your capital because they want to be able to as you said leverage it, rehypothecate it. Even if it's just sitting there, it benefits them because they have it on their books and you know that has value for them. So they're not doing this just to be, you know, to do you a solid, to help you out. They're doing it because it has very significant financial implications for them. And of course, this is why this relationship between FTX and Alameda was so fucked up, because what they were doing is Alameda had all these trading strategies that they had built out. They didn't have enough capital to be able to deploy them. And so they had you know, FTX, they basically created a FTT token. And one of the things they were doing was having people deposit their funds, their actual value into FTX, and then they were secretly transferring it over to Alameda and using it to trade. But we'll talk about that in a minute.
1: Yeah. And even to your point, it definitely helps from a business perspective. You're like a lot of the things in legacy finance is AUM or assets under management. So they can be like, hey, we have all these assets under management. They're not their assets. They are custodying them for their clients. But this is something that's very common at the Fidelity, the Black Rocks, the Vanguards. You know, We have trillions of dollars under assets under management. Yes, that's true that it's assets under management, but you're basically holding it in for your clients so it's something that you know the crypto exchanges were trying to take advantage of as well so but not your keys not your coins yeah self-custody your bitcoin that's what we can just keep hammering home but in more in other news as we were mentioning earlier this is a topic that's going to be discussed at length in fedwatch but big banking giants and mastercard and the new york fed are starting a 12-week digital dollar pilot plan what does that sound like? If you're wondering, you know, we've talked about this this four-letter acronym before.
0: Sounds um, like a fucking CBDC.
1: I, I would say so. I would definitely say so. This is just a pilot plan. When looking in the documentation of what they were doing is it's not going to be handing out $100 CBDCs or sending $100 CBDCs to retail. It's going to be in a closed testing environment. So quite literally, it's going to be talking with MasterCard and then a list of other banks as well, the Federal Reserve, to see how they can efficiently send money from using a CBDC basically to replicate transactions and payments. So we have said about this on the show before, they're testing for a CBDC. Obviously, Ansel and CK have the opinion that this is never going to ship. It's going to be dead on launch. But it's interesting that they are trying to dabble in this, in this arena for sure. Obviously, they see China as one of their biggest threats with CBDCs. China has a CBDC tied in with a credit score system. I don't think the Fed really wants this, even though you know the tinfoil hat people Say that, you know, oh, there's a global cabal, or, or what uh, What does Marty Bent say? The uh, global, I uh, had some cabal. I'll, I'll figure it out before the end of the episode. But Pete, hey, any of your thoughts on this uh, the Fed testing out the CBDC with big bangs?
0: No, I mean, I think that whether or not it's dead on arrival here, this is the direction that the central powers, the central financial powers in the world want us to go. Because we talked about. It gives them unprecedented control over individual people. And remember, their goal is to both have full visibility into everything that you are doing financially, and with that visibility, to fundamentally nudge how people use their money because they believe that is the only way that they can continue to guide the world towards the place it needs to go. Don't don't fall for the trap.
1: Yeah, it was an inner cabal squabble. That was my <laughs> yes. saying. Oh gosh, that's that, that, like that, his bingo okay. word. Yeah, yeah drink, drink, drink. So uh, if that is on your bingo card, please drink. But
0: yeah, at at twelve seventeen central time, let's keep going though. Kathy Wood, incredible investor, full time baller, has just purchased three hundred and fifteen thousand shares of GBTC. For those that don't know, Grayscale Bitcoin Trust is a very interesting investment vehicle. It was created, I actually don't know the year, but basically in the last bull run, it was trading at a massive premium to to NAV because for a lot of places, a lot of people, a lot of businesses, they were unable to purchase and custody Bitcoin themselves. And so they had to use GBTC in order to act as sort of a proxy for Bitcoin. At one point, I think it was trading, it was definitely trading at over a 100% premium on the price of Bitcoin in 2017. It is the the uh, premium to NAV has since completely inverted, and now it's negative. So you know if uh, Bitcoin is you know whatever it is sixteen thousand six hundred dollars, then GBTC is trading I believe at about forty percent discount. If you buy the equivalent amount in GBTC, because since two thousand seventeen when it was trading at this massive premium, it has become very very easy for businesses or much easier for businesses to safely and from a regulatorily compliant perspective to custody their own Bitcoin or to hold Bitcoin and have it custody by an exchange or whatever they're going to do. And so the sort of primary value of GBTC has gone down. There's also of other things going on here where, you know, the SEC continues to refuse to, you know, approve an ETF. And so people are speculating about that. Anyway, the point is, Kathy Wood is taking advantage of this massive discount and has bought a shit ton of GBTC with the expectation that once the Bitcoin price goes up and once that things change, that premium to NAV will sort of move closer to parity, and not only will the will they be, you know, sort of you know having a having exposure to Bitcoin, but they will also be able to capitalize on that you know recalibration of the premium to NAV. I personally do not know if I agree with that. Who knows what's going to happen with GBTC? But I think it is a very bold move, and I think it's also very bullish because Kathy Wood knows what she's doing for the most part. And I think it's a great sign.
1: Yeah, definitely. Moving on to the Digital Commodities Consumer Protection Act, a mouthful, or DCCPA bill. This is a bipartisan piece of crypto regulation backed by former FTX.
0: I'm so sorry, Chris. I just want to jump in and respond to something somebody put in the chat. Yeah, nobody like You shouldn't be buying GBTC is my own personal opinion. You definitely, like the only possible use for it is if you have a retirement account and for some reason you're not able to get a, you know, retirement account, a special one where you can actually have Bitcoin and then, you know, hold your own keys. People use GBTC, for the most part, in their retirement accounts where they don't have the option of actually holding Bitcoin. They have a 2% management fee, so you're kind of getting, you know, triply fucked because the price is super down. If you bought it (laughs) earlier in the year, not only are you sitting on a massive loss from the price of Bitcoin, you're also sitting on this massive loss from the, you know, change the premium to NAV. So in general, buy Bitcoin. But there are specific reasons for some people wanting to try to use GBTC as a lever play.
1: Definitely. I agree with that. So back to the DCCPA. Like I said before, is a bipartisan piece of crypto regulation backed by the former CEO of FTX, Sam bankman fried So it's a bill that they're trying to push forward that many in the crypto industry are saying will kill DeFi. You know, I'm kind of honestly okay if we kill DeFi as we're seeing the collapse of all of these DeFi lending platforms go out. But there are some nuances to this. So, you know, it's very interesting that they're pushing forward together a bill that was basically, I don't want to say primary written by SPF, but he helped co-write a lot of it, basically pushing things. He was trying to build a regulatory moat for himself and his platform you know, Almeda, as well as FTX. This would give the CFT oversight and would require crypto broker dealers to register and submit oversight from the federal government. There's two parts to it. One is kind of crypto commodity platform. So basically exchanges, brokers, dealers, anything like that. And then one would, and then the other is requirements to abide by for the CFTC for retail investors, or just how to hold store and all those different things about digital assets. It's a little unclear, but definitely looking into it. So invest like so then they talk about investing customer funds in anything other than US Treasuries. Obviously, FTX is kind of now known that he was taking customer consumer funds or customer funds and using it to prop up Almeda, his other arm. Obviously that would be ruled against and that's part of the regulation in there. They did say that, of course, you know, you can always prop up the U.S. bond market if you want. So crypto exchanges would be allowed to hold U.S. treasuries and they said other high quality liquid assets. In the past, the SEC has called Bitcoin a commodity, where the CFTC has Bitcoin and ETH are commodities. We saw in the Senator Gillibrand and Senator Lummis bill that they were kind of under the same assumptions that both Bitcoin and ETH are commodities. I don't necessarily agree with the ETH definition, but that remains to be seen and debated about in court. I think it passes the Howey test, meaning that it would be a security. The last thing is the most important, though. And this was brought up by a friend of the show, Jason Brett. We've had him on a bunch of times, Regulatory Jason on Twitter. He said that this is a very dangerous bill. Like, it seems like awesome. Like, okay, we're setting rules for exchanges, for rules for consumers. We're protecting them from bad lending practices. Like, it all seems good. But under the guise of it all, there is, you know, an inner cabal squabble that's trying to go against you. He really likes that I threw that in there. But the last thing is the CFTC would be granted the right to pause trading for up to 30 days due to what they feel is market manipulation. So what's this really mean? Obviously, the CFTC, the SEC, the US government cannot stop Bitcoin from trading. If I want to send my Bitcoin in a wallet that I control over to P's wallet that he can controls, there is no physical way to stop it. Obviously, they can try and make it illegal. And if we do so, they can try and throw us in jail. But I don't want to get into that nuance. But the thing is, what this really does is it hinders the U.S. markets. Obviously, the U.S. is probably the broadest and most liquid market in the world when it comes to just money markets in general. So what this would could do is can cause a gap or a difference in the price trading in the U.S. markets compared to the global markets. So imagine like you leave your Bitcoin on FTX or any of these exchanges, and all of a sudden for 30 days, unbeknownst to the exchange going down or anything else, the government just says, hey, you're no longer allowed to sell or buy this asset for a day, a few hours, 30 days. This is very similar to what they do in the stock market when they see like the GameStop trade or the AMC trade. And they're like, they halted trading because of too many shorts were getting blown out. Obviously, I I was not thrilled when the government was stepping in to help out hedge funds. That's the way that it appears to me over a year and a half ago. But I think that this would be very detrimental to not just US consumers, but just the US market in general. And Jason Brett kind of makes the final note like, not only is this shooting the U.S. in the foot by saying, "Hey, we're protecting you," this is harming investors, and they're just trying to regulate something. I don't know what would cause them to say that it's being the market's manipulating it. I guess if China were trying to dump a bunch, or Russia, I I, I don't know to this day what that means. But they're trying to protect U.S. consumers, but not being able to sell something you want to get rid of or buy something that's at a discount. I don't think that's helping investors. But that's just me. Sorry for the long winded long winded talk there, Pete. Anything else you want to add?
0: No, I think you you nailed it. I mean. Additional regulation is not the solution here. This FTX debacle is going to be used to try to push heavier regulation in the gui- under the guise, under the aegis of protecting consumers. And what happens when you – it's like if somebody has a stroke. And, you know, what the most effective – one of the most effective treatments for somebody who has a stroke and is, let's say, paralyzed on one side of their body is – you force them to use that side of the body, and they basically learn. They sort of uh, their brain adjusts, and they relearn how to use the damaged parts of their brain, or they their brain is able to route around it. The point is, they regain that functionality through the process of use. If you if somebody has a stroke, if somebody breaks a limb, and you immediately you know splint it, and you basically or, or you you allow them to not use that side of their body, it just gets worse and worse and worse, and they will never heal. It's the same thing here. Additional regulation is not the solution, especially when it's going to be so overreaching and overall. The solution is let people learn the very difficult and painful lesson of the difference between Bitcoin and everything else that claims to also be a quote-unquote cryptocurrency. We need to be using these decentralized systems. We need to be using systems that allow us to as I've said earlier in the show, protect our financial privacy. On that note, it has just come out that Alameda had an exclusive API key that allowed for faster trade execution on FTX than regular users, which enabled them to front run trades from their users as a profitable strategy, and they still blew up. Dylan LeClaire reports on this, it, this is so fucked up. It's, it's totally illegal. They're not allowed to be doing this. You're not allowed to be trading against your, your customers in this way. It just shows, again, that as this story is teased apart, the depth of the corruption involved is staggering. Chris, take us through the next story, please.
1: Yeah, so there's a big whoops. So Multicoin Capital currently has $863 million stuff at FTX. They are a trading firm, like many others, that have made a killing dumping useless tokens on retail for years. And now they're like, hey, we have a bunch of money stuck on FTX. I do not feel bad for them. You know, obviously they are filing in the bankruptcy proceedings to try and get their funds back. They were able to get recover some of it, but still close to a billion dollars stuck on FTX must really freaking hurt, but you know, to each his own. And I think they get what they deserve.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's pretty brutal <sighs> on that note or on a similar note, Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful in an interview recently, I think it was yesterday said something that just blew my mind. It was so embarrassing. He was asked whether he would invest in Sam Bankman-Fried again. (laughs) And instead of saying the obvious answer, which is, no, I would not, because he was a drug-addled monkey who clearly defrauded over a million people. He said, yes, yes, I would. He was a genius of his era, and despite all these horrible setbacks and the lies, I would definitely invest in him again. And I think that's hilarious. And you deserve what you get if you invest in someone like that. So more power to you. That's all we got, my friends. I want to remind everybody that you can use code BMLIVE to save 10% on your tickets to Bitcoin 2023. You can also use code Live to save 10% on subscriptions to Bitcoin Magazine. We're about to come out with a new issue. It's going to be incredible. Stick around. We're going to go to a quick commercial break. And then we will be back with Isabella Kaminska. See you in a second.
2: Come celebrate Bitcoin winter in Miami at Bitcoin 2023. The largest Bitcoin conference in the world returns to Miami from May 18th to the 20th. Head on over to b.tc forward slash conference to get your tickets today. Use promo code BMLive to get 10% off of your tickets before prices go up. Bitcoin is for everyone lefties, righties, and rejectors of the false dichotomy alike. And that is why the newest Bitcoin magazine print edition is called the Orange Party Issue. It features articles by President Naya Bukele, Jeff Deist, Beautyon, On, Natalie Smolensky, Eric Kaysen, Max Kaiser, and Jimmy Song. Get your copy at your local Barnes & Noble's bookstore or from the Bitcoin Magazine store at store.bitcoinmagazine.com and use promo code BMLIVE to get 10% off your annual subscription today. If you're like me and want to gain a deeper understanding of what's going on within the Bitcoin market and broader macro environment, you need to subscribe to Bitcoin Magazine Pro today. There's both a free and paid version of this daily newsletter where our market analysts break down what's going on in the markets so you don't have to. Subscribe today at bitcoinmagazinepro.com.